Welcome to Germany versus USA. Fall is coming, Jim. Let's fly from Paris to Marseille. We got to do it now. We got to go. We got to go now before we have to be uh, put on, on the trains, Alex, right? And Zugit, right? Zugit down. Zugit. Zugit. <laughs> Zugit Spader on, which is, I'm pretty sure, proper proper German. Yeah, it works. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, that was the big news of the week, right? Or some of the big news where France has come out and said, hey, no more domestic flights if you can reach your location in under two and a half hours. And so this was, this kind of came up in, in our news briefly because we were at first, we were just like, what's a train? Second, we were like, <laughs> what's global warming? And then third, we just moved on to something else and kind of forgot about it over here on stateside, uh, <laughs> which is all very unfortunate. <laughs> but no, the uh, the National Assembly in, in France had um, big debates last weekend and basically have come out with part of their climate change effort of saying, Hey, you know what? If we can limit the amount of domestic flights and take advantage of our our great train system, then, then what are we even doing? And mm -hmm. so I, I I'm fascinated by that. Uh, obviously, as an American, because we don't have that option. You know, we don't have the infrastructure right now where we could even do it. But also, will Germany or other Western European countries that do have the train infrastructure follow suit? Uh, with something similar. I'm pretty sure they will. I mean, sooner or later they will. The Right now, the new, I mean, we talked about that the new government is being formed or forming itself and they're like in coalition discussions. And so it's been part of the debate. Like the Green Party wants to basically forbid uh, uh, domestic flights in Germany uh, altogether. I think in France, they were pretty smart about it. If I remember correctly, like, in like in the worst like time of corona they supplemented like air france like the the big airline and one of the conditions even back then was that they like cut down on domestic flights they made it like a condition to be like hey we'll support you guys but you know we'll have to do something about you know fewer domestic flights and that's what they implemented um and yeah in germany the discussion has been going on i mean If you if you take Hamburg, Hamburg Munich, it's like a six seven hour train ride. Of course, you're faster with you know with, by plane, but then at the same time, come on, is it really worth it? Like I think the emissions of flying compared to like taking the train is like 70 times higher. Um, so yeah, it might make sense. And for the states, yeah, it's a, a little difficult to <laughs> hop a on little, a train. A little different. Yeah, I mean, often when I find myself near a train station in the states, I, I like to play a ga game called "Glad I'm Not That Guy" because it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> usually the most luxurious um, experience if we don't have an equivalent of like the ICE or TGV, which is France's um, equivalent to like a express train. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that I'm a little fascinated by is I understand that you, why you would do it, but there's also, I mean, you can be more, You can be more environmentally friendly on, on jet fuel as well. Now, I don't know. Obviously, the cost would be very, very high um, mm -hmm. on that type of, on the different fuel you can buy. 
Um, but then if you think about it, like from just the ordeal of flying. So if you are going from Hamburg to Munich, you know, yeah, it's, you know, probably, what is that actually? Is that like an hour and a half flight or so? Probably more, more like an hour, less than an hour. Yeah. An, an hour flight. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's tough because I mean, even like going through security and, and landing yeah. situated, yeah. it's still from, I, I fly a lot for my job. And a lot of times on my job, it's, it's the logistics of it. And maybe it just requires better planning, but Mm -hmm. it's often, I don't have a lot of notice. So I may, I may know a few days in advance that I have to go somewhere. And I'm speaking generally like before COVID and travel has dramatically reduced since then. Um, But the speed of it, right. Of I need to be in Chicago by this time. If I were to have to take a train there, you know, the equivalent or six or drive there, right? If I was, you know, which we're not talking about, but if, if my trip went from an hour, because it's an hour from from Nashville um, to six to seven hours, then that wouldn't cause me to be overnight. It's an entire day. Extra, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then coming back, I'd be away from home for uh, an additional day where I can and have, you know, flown up to Chicago in the morning, had a meeting and flown back. Um, in the evening to be home for dinner. Now, is that good for the environment? No. Um, but is, is it is it driven by capitalism and in economy? Yes. So I don't know what the the long term impact of that would be. And it may just be like, hey, this is a luxury that the planet can't take, and so we're going to take a step forward. And if your business trip can now just be done over Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. As COVID has shown us. Um, or, you know, you know, there's other solutions here. So I, I don't hate, I don't hate that they've implemented it. Um, and I understand why you would, when you have trains, because you can also work on a train, unlike here in the Mm. States where you may have to drive a car. Uh, but yeah, I, the United States is just so far from even having that conversation. It's it's not a solution in the States. I mean, perhaps like some, somewhere on the coast you can do that, but, uh, it's, and then also, like, I mean, taking the train is super expensive in the States as well. And this is, like, where I think, like, that really needs to change. Flying needs to become just way more expensive. Because um, actually right now in Germany or in Europe, it's still being, like, supplemented. Uh, like, the fuel is being supplemented. And if you think about it, that just doesn't make sense at all. Um, and as you talked about, like, um, you know, new technology coming in and making it more, more, um, more like, fly, making flying more environmentally friendly, Um uh, actually, when I was in Spain, when I flew there, and <laughs> we actually had a discussion with a couple of guys. We talked about um, we talked about like the emissions from like flights. I mean, it's you know it's still horrible. Just, but if you just look at the CO two emissions uh, of all the CO two emissions, it's like less than one percent. Um, it's actually it's fairly little if you if you compare it. Um, still, it does some damage, you know, like because it happens right up in the air, like high, high up in the air. So there's some more damage, you know, like like done for like the you know like the uh, uh heating effect but the co2 emissions are not that crazy and actually just a couple of weeks ago close to um close to like uh, my house where i grew up close to bergagem <laughs> they um, Berga. Berga, uh they installed uh, well a company that sells um like certificates for well if you take a flight and you want to compensate your co2 emissions you can buy like you know like there's these companies that sell you certificates right have you heard of that no, I haven't. It sounds like a scam. <laughs> it does. 
<laughs> it sounds like it almost sounds like guilt, Alex. You're you're like you know, I mean, you're feeling guilty about flying, and so you're buying into a scam. But go on, I'm listening. No, it's not a scam. It's just like you know, it's like modern selling of indulgences, As, <laughs> you know, like like the Catholic Church did. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, actually, the company they like they plant trees, um, and they will you know do stuff to compensate like the CO two emissions that you cause by flying. It's a legit wink, company. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we planted some trees. No, so yeah. there's a. Bill Gates has a, a book out um, that came out, um, I think, in 2021, but it's How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And he highlights eight to 10 solutions. And I may have even brought this up in one of the episodes previously because I, I read it this year. And it's upsetting yet encouraging and frustrating. It's just a whole bunch of mix of emotions all in there. But he does talk about mm-hmm. the causes of climate change and a lot of the misconceptions out there um you know yes flying is bad but it's not as bad as the amount of concrete we use like construction right it's not as bad as you know the mass um farming industry you know like so not saying that we should just keep flying and ignoring it it's not good um but there's so many it's so complicated on on Mm. these different issues we just all need to be doing better and and what's even more frustrating is like he highlights all these areas where we we could improve and then he does his like yeah it's probably just never gonna happen because it's getting global (laughs) alignment is just you know just and also like cool so here's here's a solution here's a roadmap here's a business case of how much it will cost oh by the way it's we're just not um gonna get there um and it's that that part can be really disappointing but um i think it does take like steps like little minor steps like france saying we're going to implement this which then the eu may pick up this is where you interrupted me so i have the little company i'm spending money to every after every flight i take so it's a scam no it's not i went there the same weekend I went to Japan, Australia, and Texas, <laughs> I went to the company. <laughs> no, it's actually, um, it's called Atmos- Atmosphere. You hear it? Atmosphere, Jim? Doesn't it sound like you're doing something good? But you can actually, you, you can go online, put in like, you know, the flights, you t- you, you, the, the distances you went, and it will tell you how much CO2 emissions you cost. And then you can just pay for that. And like for, like for every flight I take, I just compensate for it. And Atmosphere actually was the company that built close to where I grew up, close to Berger. They built the first, um, well, engine basically that creates CO2 neutral fuel for uh, airplanes. That's cool. Now that part I believe in them, them planting trees and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I uh, don't know. Dem- You've been exposed to capitalism for way too much. It's just <laughs> what? What are you saying? They're doing something good. They're supposed to do no. I, that that's that's got to be a scam. <laughs> and it's like you donate to them, and that they're using it to like buy arms or something. It's <laughs> mines, like for sure, mines. <laughs> um, but but again, they it was so interesting though because uh, I mean, again, they can out of like 
CO, they're using CO2. They're using energy, like, you know, like electricity, because there's a bunch of like, you know, like windmills up in that area. You remember that, you know, we, there's just a lot of energy. Yes. You went deaf as a baby. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't because of the windmills though. It was construction in the house, concrete construction. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but they use the energy and CO2 and something else crazy. And they, uh, they make this like, uh, fuel, like kerosene, right? Uh, for, for airplanes. And then we looked up like how much they produce and how much that this being like basically, <laughs> they're, they're making like eight barrels a day or something, uh, which is like nothing. That's like not even like, uh, 10 seconds of a start of an airplane. And so and starting in 2026, the European Union basically says um, that airlines have to use 0.5% of like CO2 neutral fuel in their <laughs> engines. And then like in 2030, it goes up to like 1%. <laughs> Perfect. It's just, it's just enough... Um where their CEO can just fill up his jetpack and like fly around. <laughs> CO2 neutral. Isn't that great though? Isn't yeah. that great? If this is the first time you're tuning in to Germany versus USA, thank you. Uh, Alex and I just talked a little bit about the climate and that's kind of an example of you just never know what's going to be top of mind for us. Um, we have been doing this for almost 15 years. Um, I'm Jim. I'm based in Nashville. Alex, where are you? I'm in Hamburg, Germany. It's Friday, November 5th, 6 p.m. here right now. That's right. We're in the lunch hour here in Nashville. And we oh. try to talk about the everyday differences between Germany and the United States, but now in a podcast form where it's more conversational and it's really an, a insight into what Alex and I do when we just talk on the phone regularly. So thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Talking about random things. Did you know that the daylight savings changing time in Germany and the US is two weeks apart? I did. I do. I, <laughs> because ours is this weekend. We are. Uh, yeah. Falling, well, it's one week apart then, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, oh, one week. Yeah. So we're falling back this weekend. That's right. Yeah. Fall back, spring forward. Right. Yeah. Ours, back, ours was forward. less. Last last Sunday, yeah, but that's super annoying because I remember because now our time difference is only six weeks, uh, six six weeks, <laughs> six hours. <laughs> well, we'll be six, six weeks apart when we have to so much have fun. to start handwriting letters back and forth on old sailboat clipper. Save the environment. Well, it's even more confusing than daylight savings time, like being different in Germany and here is in the United States. A couple of a couple of the states do not uh, <laughs> really? use it. They don't use it. So I know for certain Arizona is one of them. And then I think Alaska might be the second official one that doesn't do it. And then part of Indiana, like certain counties <laughs> in Indiana doesn't do it. So it's really confusing. So I was just in Arizona. And so Arizona is in Mountain West time. And so I got there and then the pilot came in, like said, you know, Bobo, welcome you know, to Phoenix. And here, you know, it's 10 a.m. I'm like, 10 a.m.? Shouldn't it be 11 a.m.? And then I mm -hmm. got confused for a second because I was like, wait, is Arizona actually on Pacific time? Because it's on the same, it was the same time as San Francisco. And it took me a minute to remember that they don't actually do daylight savings <laughs> time. So they go from 
they go into different time zones depending on the year, which is just <laughs> why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Okay. Why can't we just yeah. get rid of it? I guess for because the thing is like I mean different time zones for Americans is such a you know like common thing right I mean you always if you watch certain yeah. shows it's gonna be like you know it's gonna be eight p.m. Eastern um, in Germany it's completely unheard of I mean the European Union has like a huge they're trying to or they're thinking about actually getting rid of like daylight savings right I mean that's been a discussion kind of like before Corona actually and then Corona just swooped it all away. Um, but in, in 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 Europe, there's like a huge fight between the different countries whether to keep it or uh, get rid of it. And for us, like I mean, that you know, we only have once. Well, basically, all of Europe is in the same time zone except like England, um, which besides, recently left as, yeah. as, a very first, <laughs> as a very first time. I I, I went went to England. Um, when I was like 18, and I like hopped in a cab and the. And Cabby was just like, oh, like, you know, welcome, welcome to London. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is my first time. I'm really excited to, like, be in Europe. And he was like, son, you're not in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Little did he know he was right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like 10, 15 years later, that's it. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, besides that, we don't deal with, like, time zones at all, right? Only the just, just the daylight savings change. And so um, for us, it's really weird. But for you guys, it's almost like a normal, huh? I guess. It's it's more normal. Um, the zones are really interesting. So yeah. how, how where like some cities you would think would be in Eastern, but they're actually in Central and, and all that. But yeah, it's, it's fairly common. Uh, and you're just used to it. Being in Central is pretty nice because you get, you get the best of both worlds uh, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, with so much of the population being on the Eastern time zone. Um, but it is so, cool. Like so, when you're, so we have just for just to generalize and keep. So we have going from west to east. We have Pacific, we have Mountain, we have Central, and we have Eastern. Right, these four time zones. Right. Okay. Yep. And then we just I don't even know what Hawaii's time zone is. Oh well, they are just out there, are not <laughs> yeah. out there. It's but yeah, like our so England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there are some benefits when you're in the West Coast because, like, watching sports is great because so many of them are set on Eastern time zone. So you could catch, like, a game really early, you know? Mm. So that's that's kind of nice. And then um, we have a friend who lives in Portland who is on, on Pacific time. However, uh, he works for an energy company, a Spanish energy company, and they operate um, with the market, so an Eastern time zone. So he actually goes to work on Eastern hours. So he's oh. has to get up really early, mm -hmm. but he's done really early and gets the whole afternoon and evening to enjoy. So that's that's a benefit. Another thing I wanted to ask you, Jim, do you know what a quince is? No, I don't think so. Q-U-I-N-C-E. A quince. Nope, you got me. Okay, well, that's a is sign. it a fruit? Yes, 
It's a little like the forbidden okay. fruit. Okay, uh, where where are we going on? Where, where, where are we? Time zones to fruits. Where, where, tell me a little about your uh, your quince uh, experience. Well, when I was in Spain, I picked up a couple of quinces from the garden, <laughs> and I actually made quince marmalade before we started the podcast. I was in the kitchen and uh, I, um, and I was just curious if we've ever because even in Germany, like uh, Germany, quitter, uh, the quitter is like a real random fruit. It's, it looks like some mix of like uh, apple and pear and a little bit like citrus, perhaps. Um, and you can't eat it raw. It's like super hard. It's like insane. It's very like, it's a very hard fruit. And so you have to cook it and then you can make like marmalade out of it. Mm-hmm. I was just no, curious. I'll, if have it- to- <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try it. I I don't know where quince marmalade would fit in my, my fall menu food planning but it it sounds it almost oh, sounds yeah. to me it sounds to me more like a summer picnic type of spread right uh, How, how's well, it used in spain well it mostly stays on the trees and then some crazy people pick them up <laughs> pick them up you can only use it for like a puree like marmalade if you want to like a, do like a you know like a apple mousse or something that's uh, you can do like a Quince mooses. I mean, there's not too many things. I can't wait can... to find. I can't wait for the comments. Like, yeah, you know, like only Germans pick the quinces. Like, <laughs> we don't. We don't in Spain here. We don't actually eat them. It's just... Actually, and, there, and and there's a lemon in Germany, Bionade Quitter. That's also how it got how it's gotten quite famous, actually. Um, but it's a really, really weird uh, side fruit that just went through my mind. But it it's it's ripe in like in actually in October, November. So. This this time of the year, it takes forever to to ripen, um, and so it fits into the fall um, menu. What else is on there, Jim? Fall food menu. Yeah, yeah, quince quince season. No, man. I mean, for us, we're getting into the the Thanksgiving. You know, you're going to gain 10, 15 pounds. It's the holidays. Like just 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 embrace it. Yeah, we are we are twenty days away from uh, the American Thanksgiving, and uh, so that's you know big turkeys, uh, dressing, uh, pies, casseroles. I mean, just heavy family members. Yeah, family, (laughs) family, family. So much family. No, actually, we, um, uh, my wife and I were just looking at our calendar last weekend and we realized we do not have a free weekend uh starting this weekend all the way through the new year holy cow we are completely booked up with travel company coming going to see family Mm -hmm. it's just and it's just holiday season right you just (laughs) you just you're just all in going and that again getting into what we started with on domestic travel here in the states like that's just even less possible because Americans mostly do not get a lot of time off. And Mm -hmm. if so soon we even had the infrastructure, we're not going to waste two days to travel to see family, you know, when, when we could fly there to get there quicker because of the way our work schedules usually are set up. And you don't care about the world environment. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I personally, I do. I personally care. Are you crazy? I'm not going to save the world for two days of travel. Are you fucking kidding me? 
<laughs> and I'll be damned if I have to stand in this line for another five minutes. <laughs> oh, no. I was kidding. But actually, um, you, you'll be happy to hear that we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving here as well this year, like with my uh, friends from university. We, um, Jim knows that and some listeners because some of them are my friends uh, <laughs> know that too we we meet up like every year for thanksgiving because we studied something like uh closely related to the united states so there's like a c cultural connection and yeah each year we try to celebrate thanksgiving with like a bunch of friends coming from from all over germany um and this year we're going to make it in hamburg yeah friendsgiving right yep friendsgiving I am, I am planning on smoking a turkey this year, Alex. So that's uh, I did it last year for the first time, and it, oh, it smoking. actually went, yeah, and, and it went. You brine the turkey, and then then you smoke it, and uh, it went it went really well. Yeah. So like I know this year I'm gonna screw it up. <laughs> the expectations are gonna be really up high. Uh -huh. look, like I, I had such beginner's luck, and I don't know how it's gonna go this year. How um. How are you gonna smoke it? Like on the barbecue or? Yeah, so I have a, I have a, um, I actually use when I grill. I have a old, like a very simple grill. I don't use like a green egg or a fancy grill. I just have a big drum charcoal grill. I like using um, just simple charcoal. Um, heard it's pretty good for the environment. And, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but no, you, you basically, um, take a smoker aspect of it and you'll put wood chips in charcoal. You keep it, you keep it at a pretty low temperature. So you, you don't want it to spike up. So, yeah, right yeah, yeah. and I don't have the recipe in front of me, but you know, under 300 degrees. Right. And you just keep feeding the grill throughout and, you know, slowly smoke the turkey and, uh, it's great. Oh my God. The flavor is so good. And for how also, many hours? You, like six, six, eight hours? Or oh something? yeah, yeah, like yeah. six hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really great endeavor, like for family time, because you're like, well, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out, I'm outside with the turkey. Uh, y'all, <laughs> y'all stay inside. Now it's just, don't worry about it's a one it. man. It. It's, it's a one man job. Yeah, I'm good. Can someone bring fourteen <laughs> beers and three packs of cigarettes, please, and I'll be happy. Yeah. See you in six hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's raining. I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> no, no. Someone's got to do it. I'll do the job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, dude, you're you know, I don't for mind. taking care of <laughs> such a brave dude. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, that's we um, we're doing a small Thanksgiving in Nashville. Um, and then this year, because um, we are, I'm happy to say I'm part of a fully vaccinated family. We are going uh, to Mississippi and we're going to celebrate with with my family and and so my niece and nephews and my siblings and aunts and uncles and everybody. And so we're going to have a good, a good holiday. And then where I grew up in Mississippi, the Mississippi State Ole Miss University of Mississippi uh, rivalry football game is historically on Thanksgiving night. So you have your big family time. And then a lot of people will either go tailgate for the game, either mm -hmm. in Starkville or Oxford. Um, and then they go into the night game. And so we'll probably end up doing that. And so it's just kind of like a, a tradition to go is to. It, so is it in Star is it in Starkville or is it in Oxford? It is in Starkville this year. Oh, yep. neat. That's good. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. 
okay, I'm going to check flights, man. That's so too exciting. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> oh, man. That's it for Germany versus USA today. You guys have fun shifting deeper into fall. Um, you will hear from us in about two weeks, um, which is actually the weekend before Thanksgiving. Um, so perhaps we'll have a little more details on like recipes. Um, oh, menu. I will have my menu. I can share <laughs> my, my turkey brining experience. <laughs> awesome. That's it for today. Yeah, guys, have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, y'all take it easy. Thanks for listening.